Russell's Reserve, aged tenure, and then entering the big steak cook-off this evening. How are you? Uh, I feel like I've been on ice for a week, and uh, this steak is not is not totally ready to go. Steak will be ready as of uh, this evening. I feel like the Excuses steak is good. are already rolling in. The steak is uh, steak is a little bit distracted right now. Steak will be fine around six o'clock or seven or whenever we're doing it. See, so you should know this about me. I'm very competitive about weird things. I know you are. Um, <laughs> it's been a year. In high school and college and, and probably for five years after that, I, I treated vi- uh, video games as like the sanctity of sport. Um, and if you engaged in a battle of Madden or NHL with me, particularly in college, or triple play, uh, not triple play, uh, high heat baseball uh, was excellent mm. in, the, in the early 2000s. Not known for its graphics, but excellent baseball game. This is before MVP 05. I was MVP 04, which actually changed the game. Uh, I was, if you engage in a battle with me and half-assed it and we're drinking and like, oh yeah, I don't care. I got like viscerally mad at that. I um, I respect the competition. So I got to be honest, I'm a little down on you that you're, oh, I'm a little distracted. Yeah, I'll have my steak ready tonight. No, when I beat, I want, I want. I want someone bringing their A game the way I'm bringing mine. And if you beat me, so be it. You're not. But if you beat me, so be it. Uh, so I'm a little disappointed that you, you're you're kind of half-assing into this. Because I've, been, I've be, been grinding all off-season. I know. It'll be so upsetting for you when I walk in there after doing no preparation, picking my steak at the last minute, walking in and, and walking out victorious. Um, Honestly, I'm not that's even, part of it. I'm, I'm going to tell you the part of a part of the fun. I think it's not just me and you, right? Is Phil doing a steak? Somebody else is doing one, and I think I, I don't know if this is like a situation where I go like Republican primary in uh, 2016, and it's just a matter of trying to uh, um, block you out. I'm not really sure, but I I don't think. Not Such only do I think respect. Not Such only do I think you're not going to. Not only do I think you're not going to win. I'm pretty sure you might finish in last. And then I'm ready for the immediate excuse that you didn't have a sear station and that the grill didn't get hot enough. Now, you have had a week and a half to prepare yourself to uh, work with the conditions, and Phil gave you the temperature. So I'm hoping that you're able to uh, man up and, and get the thing get the thing together. Yeah, look, I don't know if it's you or I. Uh, Phil and Jeff have this, this week discussed uh, bowing out and basically just eating and drinking and letting no, me they, and you go at they it. Better, they better cook a steak. I'm not, you know what? I think what, Phil's in. It's his I house. Think, of course. Phil's going to Phil's gonna defend home turf. Jeff, I'm not surprised. Jeff's not going to yeah. cook a steak. Yeah. The best Jeff, part is Jeff's we know drinking. that. Yeah. The best thing we know is uh, Jeff is going to listen to this and then it's going to go right in slack that uh, he's going to do the immediate reaction. I feel like this is akin to when I used to have to leave episodes halfway through and you and Adam would kind of have like the second half of the show and I would scream in my car listening back. Um, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff not doing a steak is, is by no means surprising. Um, I, I think he would shrink in the moment and you know, here we are go vote for uh what's her name? Ocasio Cortez. Have fun oh, with that. Stop Jeff. it. If it was for her, we'd have to give a piece of the steak to everybody in the community. That's true. Uh, um, so, all right, we are not here to talk about a steak today. We will report back on this uh, next week or whenever whenever we do our next show. Take to um, Twitter and let us know who you think is going to win, Kyle or me or the field. 
Uh, we're not sitting. Six three two. You will not find the betting lines on the DraftKings mobile app uh, or any of the other sports gambling sites. But uh, feel free to let us know on Twitter. But it is live in. It is licensed in y'all state. Uh, if you are in New Jersey, or you don't have to live there. Just if you're in New Jersey or down at the shore. Uh, so if you do, uh, we are uh, partnered with with DraftKings and some of the, some of the other uh, legal sports betting sites that are coming. Uh, we've built out a whole sports betting section uh, that you can hit in the top right uh, corner of the page on desktop, or if you're on mobile, hit the little hamburger menu, hit sports betting. We have. Uh, a full review slash overview of DraftKings uh, and a list of all the sites coming to New Jersey. So if you are going to play, if you are going to bet, you know, please go check out our site, hit the banner on the site uh, and and sign up. It is live. It's I've driven over the bridge twice into New Jersey, uh, including uh, got access to the free trial period last week. Uh, sat at Liberty Hall Pizza Place last Wednesday night, uh, gambling like a degenerate to try out this app uh, by myself eating pizza. I felt like uh, a little bit like Tony Soprano in the NJ Pizza Place, uh, working the books. Anyway, pr- really impressive app. Really, really impressive. Uh, no joke. I mean, it's got a few of the early 1.0, you know, minor bugs that you would expect from any app, but uh, and they're not live in the Android store. Actually, I've gotten a lot of questions about this. I guess they tweeted last night, Google Play um, does not allow real money gaming apps as of yet. Like they're, they're behind the regulation. iOS actually surprisingly does. So um, it is available on Android, but you have to hit the direct link. So once you, uh, if you click the banner on the site and you sign up, uh, after you sign up, you'll be given the direct link to, uh, to download it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it, it's pretty good. So if you're in New Jersey, you know, worth uh, playing around. We got some baseball slate, even preseason football. I would have taken the over last night and would have crushed it because I think it was like 32 in that dreadful Eagles game. Um, that was that was painful to watch, by the way. I know, like, yeah, it was. I know, like a lot of people were probably excited to uh, to come to the show today and and hear breakdowns of like how Jordan Mailata looked uh, playing on the offensive line. And uh, the long and the short of it is. He got smoked on his first play and then was like, at least, you know, somewhat decent the rest of the way. He's a project. We knew he was going to be a project. But the guy can sing with a ukulele and, uh, you know, if he can protect a quarterback, including Studfeld or Callahan, like, then we're fine. So things are good. Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm I'm not into coming off a Super Bowl high. Uh, I think our days as a fan base of needing to obsess over the first preseason game, we're above that now. Uh, it doesn't help that, you know, obviously your top two quarterbacks didn't even sniff the field. So, uh, you know, really not really not a whole lot to judge other than Sidney Jones uh, briefly giving everybody a panic attack. That was a genuine, genuine moment for concern. But uh, looks like he's all right. So I just had an Achilles. I, I had a hard time for a little bit because all I kept thinking uh, for the, the starting part of the game, um, when you see that it's it's pretty much the entire starting defense and they go out and they have a pretty dominant performance in the first drive. I thought, okay, well, I, I don't really need to watch all that much defensively the rest of the way. And when you go on offense, and then you see that a lot of the, the primary um, ball handlers and, and the top weapons aren't playing, so you don't see... The uh, line was there, you don't, you don't see, the Yeah, line the, line's, the line was there, which is good, but like you don't see Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey's not there. Obviously, you don't have Wentz or Foles. And at some point, you're just kind of like, all right, how much can you really take away from this? And so Sudfeld didn't look comfortable early. Um, I was excited to see Goddard play well. Um, now Goddard, I, I don't know if this has been caught on in all of Twitter and maybe I, I just missed it, but I know that there are some who have now referred to Dallas Goddard as Philly Goddard. So I, I kind of like the idea. Um, 
why ever give him such a terrible name like Dallas. Um, anyway, I think Goddard's going to be fun, and I think more than anything, it's going to kind of be like watching two Zach Ertz's playing at any given point. It's going to kind of be like if Zach Ertz had really lined up in his prime with Brent Selleck in his prime. Um, you're going to have probably the most dynamic Brent Selleck uh, was never someone I would call dynamic, by the way. Yeah, but he was a reliable pass catcher. I think this yeah, is probably going to be mean, your best. No, he, did, he had, does not have the skill set of Zach Ertz or Goddard. And not saying That's he's, fair. he's worse, but he, they're just different different style of players. I mean, I, do we know, uh, can Dallas Goddard block? Do we know that? I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet. We'll have, <laughs> to, we'll have to, we'll have to uh, do the All-22 tape. And, okay. uh, and figure that one out. So but we'll like, do yeah. that when the games actually mean something. Um, today's episode is actually uh, is the great Twitter uh, Twitter debate, Twitter follower, whatever. Uh, this con- so this so I got this tweet the other day. I want to say it was on Tuesday. I told him we'd answer it tomorrow. I was a few days behind. Uh, this tweet comes from the White Elvis. The at the real at real White Elvis. So I I, I guess yes he's alive and well. Um, who does check mark without you (laughs) sorry god that was good uh who does crossing broad think are absolute capital must follows in the philly sports world of twitter i don't want fluff filler or a bunch of clickbait tweets i want solid pertinent reporting info on the sixers and eagles thoughts on who to follow um so we're going to answer that question and take up the entire show doing it oh boy here's well, yeah, but here's how we're going to, so, because I think what's going to happen is this gonna, is going to turn into uh, commentary on coverage overall, uh, and this is a, is a good jumping off point, but I undoubtedly will unearth some follows for you who you might not, you know, someone who sits on Twitter all day, every day for the last eight years, sigh. Um, I've, it's a hard know, life. I, I got a pretty good, pretty good follower mix, so we're, here's how we're going to do this. We're going to go through, not one by one, obviously. Uh, all 3,462 people that I am following. Oh, boy. And we're going to scroll the list. Now, again, we're not going one by one. And as relevant names come out that we have opinions on, uh, we're going to talk about those people. Um, so we're going in reverse chronological order here. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna run point, and we're going to start off with, uh, again, so keep in mind, this is you know people I've followed most recently to oldest. Um, which kind of works as a way, as a reverse countdown. Someone I'm following from eight years ago has probably stood the test of time. Uh, or they're covering, Buried in your feed, yeah. Or they're covering the AFL in China under a banyan tree, and it's Randy Miller. Uh, Wait, let's let's start really quick. Uh, when you follow somebody back as a large account, did you, uh, in the initial stages, did you just follow everyone back and then start to prune that, uh, that no, list No, I'm not out? an asshole. Okay. No. No, so you don't, I... I you didn't follow back, or you followed back and then you didn't unfollow. I followed. No, I followed back if someone if they were worthy. I it was never my game to follow someone so they would follow me. I'm not one of those people who had like four thousand followers and was following four thousand and two people. Okay. No, I mean I followed definitely early on. I followed more people than I do now. I'm a little more judicious about it now. And if there was you know fans who talked about the game a lot, especially during those Phillies years, I would follow people but it wasn't really so they would just follow me back uh no uh, in fact i need a great uh timeline cleanup could be our next episode which might actually just be this episode um so first up uh going in reverse order here new follows taryn hatcher new nbc sports philly uh comcast sportsnet roving reporter 
Has anyone actually seen her on TV yet? This is a real question. I don't know if she's been on TV. I've seen some of the digital content she's put out um, when Shane Victorino was in town. I would think that going forward, she's going to be a, a solid follow. So she has actually done stuff. Like, there's video of her, yeah, her here with the mic. Like, yeah, I think so. The Eagles game last night. Yeah. Um, look, uh, a follow. I, I haven't been following her that long. Uh, I don't even know if she's on TV, but, I mean, yeah, like, kind of a no-brainer follow here. Uh, at Taryn, T-A-R-Y-N. NBCS. She's got a blue check mark, even though she came from home. They they will get you a blue check mark if you get brought into the NBC Sports Philly fold. You get a blue check mark right uh, off the bat. It's actually part of your uh, your initial contract. It's a signing bonus. It's unbelievable. There are so many. Even like the, some of the local papers. I mean, look. I don't. I used to care about attempting to get the blue check mark, and I know Twitter is opening that up more. I got thirty six some thousand followers, and there's like you know there's dopes who got you know, 2,200 who are writing for some paper I never heard of who no one has ever heard of them. And they've had a blue check mark for a year. I think that's an great injustice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Okay. We're going to, we're going to continue on down our list here. Uh, If you're looking for, so some of what we're going to do here is give people back of office sort of follows, you know, maybe not your, your upfront media folks, but people you should be following who are involved in the day to day of teams or or local publications. Um, Here's one that stands out a little bit. Uh, Zach Niner at Zach, Z-A-C-K-N-E-I-N-E-R. He is the uh, Sixers, one of the Sixers communications coordinators. So Always, if you're a sports fan, I always think it's worthwhile following anyone in the PR departments for the local team because often you'll get something a little bit different. If nothing else, you get some behind-the-scenes pictures and stuff like that. Uh, he's got 901 followers. Uh, should be at 1,000. Wow. Okay. Seems like a, a fair follow. Yeah. Move on. Uh, Danny Briere. <laughs> I didn't even know he was on Twitter, nor did I know I was following him. Russ, do you care to guess when the last time Danny Briere has tweeted? I would guess 2016. No, uh, 34 days ago. No, oh, uh, wow. That 47 really, days that ago. That setup wasn't nearly what I expected. Okay. Actually, no. Those are both retweets. So his last actual tweet was about the his new athletic store coming to Philly, or the new athletic store that he's helping sponsor in Philly 117 days ago. Uh, and he's got a picture of Love the New Store and him holding a bunch of T-shirts. I'm going to go ahead and advise that you do not need to follow Danny Breer. Okay. Uh, yeah, come to his Rittenhouse pop-up store for the best workout apparel. Okay, so he's hawking workout apparel now, uh, and that's exclusively all he's tweeted about in the last six months. So uh, everything else is retweets. Uh, this is a this is a commerce account from Danny B. As much as I love Danny B, he's he's not bringing much to the table on Twitter. Are you going okay. through? Or do you have the list in front of you as we go? Yeah. you're welcome to hop in as we're going down here. If anyone stands out to you, um. Well, of course, we love the fine folks over at uh, Philly Word Art. They're on this list. Mm. Um, Manitani yeah, yeah. still works if you're into uh, to uh, liquor. That's a uh, that's a good spot. Um, Shh, they tweet their private releases. I want to keep those followers down. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm looking like honestly, man. Like you've got so many people that you follow, and I know none of these people, so I'm just going to assume that none of them are are relevant to my life. It's funny as you go through. Um, 70, this. Wait, Seventy Sixers Gaming is that the uh, the esports team that the Sixers run? I'm guessing that is. that is okay. So I guess if you're into uh, to esports and you want to keep up with how the Sixers 
uh, team is doing. I guess that's a good one. Of course, we love our our friends, and I I think our what was that our second all time sponsor in Carlinos. They uh, they put good content up. Uh, you also have a Bluebird Distilling uh, at B Bird Distilling, uh, another local love them. distillery. Great rye, excellent local rye. I would say of. Oh, I haven't had that many of the local ryes, but they make a good one. Uh, Did you mention Dave Schaller before? No, I was actually, he was going to be next on my list. So Dave yeah. Schaller, we're talking about uh, back of house PR people. Dave's a, Dave's a good follow. He's got 50,910 followers. Now, a lot of those, a uh, fun fact, uh, came from his days as, uh, I don't know what his official title was, but the, I guess head of communications for UFC. Um, for a while, there's a picture of him somewhere in between Conor McGregor and somebody else. Uh, he is now the Sixers uh, VP of Communications. Uh, very uh, good guy, first of all, um, but but good follow. You know, it's obviously coming from the head of communications for a team. It's it's all the positive stuff uh, surrounding the Sixers. But again, I always recommend following the uh, you know you know sort of back of house team staff. Uh, Dave is definitely someone every Sixers fan should follow at Dave Schaller S H O L L E R. Uh, what do we got here next? So now we got our guys. Uh, all right, Bob's Broad there. Street, love, Broad love, Street. love, love, oh, Bob. Yeah. Well, I was gonna do our guys, but B Wanks uh, CB is is a no, BW. That's yeah. I was gonna say that's his uh, his slack name at BW Crossing Broad. Of course, if you're a big fan of baseball and you like crossed up a Phillies podcast, go check out Bob. So he's only eighteen hundred. He's got to be a two thousand by like the end of the show. You got to think um, so. Yeah, because for for you know my money, him and Anthony are are talking about baseball better than anybody in the city. Certainly better than uh, some people on on the uh, graveyard shifts at WIP. Right, right. Uh, but uh, you know, really, they have the best. They have the best uh, baseball hour of discussion, point blank period on Cross Stop. Not just saying that because it's ours. It's it's genuinely very good. And and Bob knows his Philly shit uh, is as good as anybody. So I think he's to me he's like the next guy to stand out in Philly in terms of coverage. When uh, once the Phillies get popping, if they make the playoffs and actually generate the interest of the city, which I think they're close to doing. I agree. Um, Next up, we got uh, someone from Broad Street Hockey, Steph Driver. Um, Russ, I know you might have opinions here. I don't, and uh, we're not trying to make this into a bash fest, but... Um, I'm not going to bash at all. There's been like a little bit of back and forth. It's all been passive about Anthony um, and about the fact that we, we took at least one of her uh, recent takes on their podcast to task on, on Snow the Goalie. And it's like, I, I don't know exactly what the genesis of her seeming hatred for Anthony is. Um, but she's been kind of on this smear campaign against, against crossing broad recently, um, essentially trying to, uh, I would say more or less discredit the, the sports reporting that happens on the site, make it sound like it's the, I think I tweeted yesterday. It's like a, a salacious, uh, or no salacious, a salacious, uh, blog devoid of sports coverage. And I think it's more than anything. I think it's, uh, it's offensive to people like Kevin and Anthony, who both are credentialed beat reporters, who are guys that follow, uh, who are must follows on Twitter, who are guys who, you know, bust it every day to make sure that they're providing the best coverage for the teams. Um, and I, I look at Bob and, you know, Bob's not credentialed, obviously, but Bob does a fantastic job reporting on the Phillies. And so like when, when somebody might have a vendetta against somebody who works for a site, I, I guess I get the the 
notion or the feeling that you should try to do whatever you can to bash them. But I think if you have a platform, and she's got a, a pretty decent Twitter following, I think if you've got a platform, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to try to discredit an entire site, especially when, when the opinion is woefully wrong. So um, it's about I get all it, I your have. reputation precedes you. When are these tweets from? I, I actually did not see these. I heard you saw you guys discussing them the other day. I think day. they happened a couple of days ago. Oh, it was yeah. just, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, I think that honestly, and, and I think Anthony and I were going to probably talk about this on Snow the Goalie a little bit. So when, when I look at like at their podcast, like I listen to Broad Street Hockey Radio, right? And and I used to listen to it primarily because it was like the only uh, Flyers podcast, at least at the time. And over the course of like the last, like let's say six months, uh, Anthony and I started Snow the Goalie. We had Ron Hextall on. Jason Martinez has his... Uh, his podcast, uh, stick to hockey. I believe he's had Hextall on. Um, I don't remember if he had him on before we did. I'm going to say no, just to make us sound better. And, um, Meltzer and Terrian have one that I think is like team sponsored now. So like when you go from being the alpha dog, let's say, uh, or being the only podcast to listen to in a, in a specific team. And then like, you've got other people who have been able to go out and get massive guests and, um, and have, I, I, I don't know what other kind of criteria we're going to base this on, but like the fact that so many people seem to be flocking to, you know, snow the goalie, like I, I, I guess I get a feeling of, you know, being a little bit worried about, you know, what that means for your listenership or whatever. And I don't know, we all cover the same team. So like, ultimately I don't want any, anybody to be unsuccessful. I just think that it's, it's just kind of a shame to, uh, I don't know. I don't have all a good right. way to, to work this this thing out but I, I just think it's kind of um unfair to to paint the entire website with a a brush of a f- of a false narrative well yeah your reputation precedes you i'm not necessarily here to uh, i'm not i'm really not up on what was going on i just saw people talking about it yesterday and then i saw these tweets from us the only thing i would say is yeah I, if, if you're going to say that uh the things we wrote about seven five four years ago which by the way i think are funny and enjoyable and i think most hardcore um, you know, most of the hardcore Twitter folks who are engaged in Philly sports all day, every day, whether that is, you know, through their own blog or podcast or whatever, tend to turn their nose up at the the sort of TMZ stuff we used to do a lot. At the end of the day, 98% of working Joes sitting in their office who needed a break for five minutes found that shit different and entertaining. And honestly, I think we, we need to get back to more of that. We've, we've probably gotten away from that in the last year or two. Um, so I, you know, I'm unabashed about that, but anyone who's going to say we don't actually cover sports is, is clearly not looked at the site in, in the last, uh, two years. I think, I think Kevin was at every single Sixers home game, but one, uh, just about every one of their practices. Anthony is at just about every Flyers home game. Um, and we have countless articles, uh, like everybody else does following every, uh, Eagles game. So, uh, I would say that's wrong. Anyway, uh, if you want to follow at uh, Stephalicious D on Twitter. Next up, um, we don't have to go. We got all of our guys. This is a string of me following all the people who um, write for us, so you could find through other means. Uh, but we'll give a shout out to the investors because no one actually knows who they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that came across wrong. Uh, my my Mike Mike actually has it listed as his uh, his bio line. Investor Crossing Broad. How about that? Uh, he's, How about got, that? He's got to have more than 48 followers. Uh, at E-M-E-E-M-I-73. E-M-E-Y-E-73. No, you didn't spell that right. Yeah, there you go. You yeah, said okay. I the last time. Yeah. It's like M-I. E-M- yeah. E-M- oh, I get it now. M-I-73. 
Oh, Mike Iredell. Oh, I get it now. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, okay. Whoa, yeah. the M-I. E-M- cause it, whoa. I, 73. Uh, uh, all right, so let's keep going down the list here. Now, here's one who's no longer with us, um, Kevin Love. Uh, he, he wrote for us for a little bit, went over and ran Liberty Ballers, and now he has bounced to the B-Ball Index in Portland. I think he's doing both, though. Like, if if I remember, like, reading reading the tweet correctly, I think he's doing both. Kevin's good. Kevin's really solid. Um, Occasionally tweets out uh, some funny stuff. I don't know. I like him. Next up, uh, actually, another broad shoot hockey, Charlie Um, (coughs) O'Connor. Excuse me. Bless you. Charlie's good. I like Charlie. I do, too. The only thing that I would ever say about Charlie's coverage um, is when you go to read one of his game recaps, he has to, he gives you the, um, uh, the qualifying thing that you need to like read the advanced stat glossary mm-hmm. and explainer. And I've made the joke before and I would say it to him too. Uh, sometimes I feel like you need two Advil, uh, to be taken ahead of, of reading an article because he's out going crazy about, uh, some advanced stats and it's fine. The way that he goes about his coverage is totally unique to him. And that doesn't mean that it's wrong. It doesn't mean that it's right. I I like it, um, which is actually it's just kind of it's kind of dense. But I like it because it gives you a, a very opposite uh, side of what most of the beat writers, at least from the traditional outlets, provide you on a game game basis. And yeah, so Broad Street Hockey Radio now, obviously with the Athletic, nine thousand five hundred sixteen followers. Yes, because of all the reasons you just said, an absolute follow. Because if nothing else, he brings something different. Uh, I cannot read his his prose every day because it is it is long and you know it is it is an effort. And I, the thing I always try and keep in mind with the large chunk of our audience sits and is is on the internet between in their nine to five job when they have five, ten, fifteen minutes of downtime. That's not always something you can pencil in. However. It's very good, uh, and it gives you always gives you some sort of insight that you would not have gleaned uh, from from reading anybody else, watching the game, whatever it is. So um, Charlie's definitely worth a follow because if nothing else, he is bringing something different and smart to the table uh, when it comes to the Flyers. Uh, and so that handle uh, at Charlie O underscore Con C O N N. Next up, another O'Connor actually, Mike O'Connor, also with the Athletic. Uh, staff writer for The Athletic. He does a lot of their video breakdowns. Um, I guess he's not just Sixer-specific and does stuff across their network, um, but I he's actually really, really good, uh, like really smart breakdowns, similar to Charlie in the regard that you will um, you'll always learn something when you read his stuff. He's not quite as deep into the analytics and does a lot more video breakdown um, from the you know my limited knowledge, but... There's a that's an absolute recommend to follow. No fluff, no fluff, no clickbait from either of those guys. They're actually bringing you something different. So we'll call them the O'Connor boys. Um, he's uh, at M O'Connor. The law offices of O'Connor and O'Connor. Yeah, uh, at M O'Connor uh, underscore NBA. Uh, both of those will require a subscription to the Athletic, which I'm sure if you log on the Facebook, you can get for fifty percent off today and today only, and tomorrow and yesterday and the next ten days as well. Uh, but there's good stuff. There's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm knocking their marketing tactics, not not the people who write for them. Uh, yeah. Let's keep scrolling down here and see if anybody else. Obviously, there's J.J. Redick, uh, Markel Fultz. There's a few Sixers followed list. Uh, Sarah Todd, um, Inquirer, Sixers, Beat Reporter. Russ recommended follow or not. She got it herself into, I think she was the one who got herself into hot water very early on because she called the, the – uh, 
uh, Sam Hinkie trade with the Kings some years ago, uh, a yeah, win she, in favor of the Kings, which is yeah, that's a tough hill to that it's a tough uh, hole to to start from. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to check right now if if I follow her. Um, the one thing that I'll say is she's somebody who I know I'm not following her on Twitter. I'll follow her right now. So the one thing that I'll say is. Um, I often take what Kevin tells us about how these people act in the press box and what they're like as people. Um, and I, I try to get a better idea for um, what each reporter is like. And uh, he he likes Sarah. He said she's uh, she's good peeps. So I'm going to I'll give her a follow this season. I was very anti Sarah um, just based on that awful, 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 awful take of the yes. pick swap trade. But, you know. You always give people a second chance, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't say um, that there is one thing that has come across uh, my timeline from her that I, I found indispensable. Um, but uh, we'll, like you, I'll side with Kevin here. I, I haven't been paying close enough attention uh, to her stuff over the last year. Uh, Sam Hinky, pretty obvious. Oh, by the way, uh, her Twitter handle, for those of you who don't know, at NBA Sarah. All one word. Uh, Sam Hinky, 45,000 followers. That's it. Uh, at Sam Hinky, uh, an obvious follow, even though he never tweets. It's sort of like sort of like following Christ. You don't know if he's actually there, but you know you probably got to hit the follow button. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love following Hinky, and I get the uh, the update every time he uh, he tweets. I get the push notifications. Kind of nice. Derek Barnett. So do we remember the fun Derek Barnett story last year where he, yes, we went to the sure fundraiser do. and he held the ring for uh, Ricky for Berger, Ricky. who's, by the way, the Philly Museum of Sports is opening very, very soon. We were at a fundraiser for it. I believe it is opening soon. And I think actually he messaged me a couple of weeks ago and I owe him a response. And I believe Derek Barnett is still helping to uh, promote it. So Derek Barnett, an obvious follow, a Super Bowl champion at DMarnett25. I'm not going to follow uh, him. Okay. I'm not. He's a Super Bowl champion, and I think he's great. Well, I, what what does Derek Barnett really bring to the uh, to the Twitter follow? Super Bowl rings. Yeah, but like what instant what is follow? He, what instant is he, follow. What, There's what a rule. He, we have a rule on here. If you win, if you win a championship for a local team, you're an instant follow. I don't care what you tweet. Oh, really? Do you follow uh, Pedro Feliz? If if I knew that he had a Twitter account, I would absolutely follow Pete Happy, one of my top five. I I I'm like the leader of the Pedro Feliz fan club. I don't think that team wins the World Series uh, in 2008 without Pedro Feliz. He was a very good player for them. He Timely hits, obviously. People forget this. World Series winning hit, Pedro Feliz. Yep. Uh, here's one. Here's one. Uh, Jack Fritz, WIP. Uh, WIP producer, Go Birds pod, High Hopes pod. Uh, oh, man, we got to talk about that. Hold on a second. <laughs> You mentioned okay. the Go Birds pod. We have to. T- we have Oh my to god! Have this I didn't even realize that was BGN. We... Oh yeah, wow. buddy. Yeah, yeah dude. A... So okay. that was like the big news last week, and uh, or was it the beginning of this week? I don't even remember. So, oh my god, how do we start this? So everybody knows about Bleeding Green Nation, right? And I would assume that that means everybody knows about BGN Radio, and that was a, a show that featured. Uh, Brandon Lee Gowton and John Barchard and was James Seltzer. I'm trying to think who who else. That was but, yeah. They were the main trio, and I think as they moved on to WIP, they started um, 
bringing in more WIP voices, adding more days to the show. I think bringing some of the former athletes on, you know, it, it's, it went from a, you know, a targeted Eagles pod with those guys to a, a kind of a catch all for the, the football cast of WIP. It, I, I think that's a fair assessment. So it, it happened, uh, that, uh, Brandon Lee Gowton tweeted a thing. I'm looking for the tweet right now, but he, he like kind of broke this, uh, the story so, while you're looking for it, he, let me yeah go ahead I'll so yeah brandon lee gowton tweets that uh, he is no longer with uh, bgn radio as they are being um kind of officially subsumed by Entercom and wip you know so for those who don't know um john barchard and brandon uh and i guess james or, or shortly thereafter started bgn radio as part of as the podcast for bleeding green nation the sb nation blog Four-ish years ago, um, probably about a year in, we started uh, working with them. I think we teamed up on like one advertising thing. Um, John was obviously on an earlier version of this podcast for about six months or a year with uh, me and Jim on a you know certainly less frequent basis than we do it. Um, they then, about a year or so later, uh, got themselves on over the weekend on 97.5 The Fanatic. Uh, for a season, I want to say that was probably the 2015 season, and then uh, the following year they switched over and got themselves on the weekend over at WIP. During this time, I was a guest uh, pretty much every show their first year on 97.5. I'd call in and do the pick segments with them, uh, and then I was a guest for probably about three quarters of the year on WIP. Um, the next year, and then for some reason they out of the blue stopped asking me to come on. Um, no i think it was because we were writing about radio wars and they were starting to become uh full-time at wip and it was creating a conflict of interest i never got an idea i never got feedback on that i just literally never got another phone call um but so john became a i guess some sort of a full-time or or part-time i guess full-time employee at wip i think james works there as well right um, so what has happened now is that show and some of the other podcasts have become more sort of WIP property. I think they decided to buy the show. Obviously couldn't use the name BGN because I think SB Nation had some sort of rights to it. So um, they've taken the podcast fully with WIP. They're going to be using some of their town, it sounds like. But they've changed the name to Go Birds, which... Uh, I don't like I'm, the name. I'm trying really hard here not to hate. That is like the laziest name you could possibly come up with. The only thing I could well, think. Well, no, I mean, is I mean, that's a, what you, you hear at tailgates all the time. Go birds, you know. Well, I, yeah, right. I, I mean, I, we can I name our it. podcast "Go Phils." Like, I mean, no. If you read their intro tweet and looked at the responses, uh, I would say we are not in the minority by thinking that is a is a very uninventive name. The only thing I could think is that it's a play on that video from before the Vikings game last year, where the guy is shouting in the woman's face, "Go birds!" But you know, come on, BGN. I mean, you know, BGN Radio is a, is a, 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 I don't know. Go Birds is is a terrible name for a podcast. I don't know what else to say. Um, anyway, in this shift over to WIP, Brandon Lee Gowton um, stuck around with SB Nation, and I guess for whatever reason, WIP didn't want him, um, didn't want to have to pay him, wanted to only use their own people, whatever it is. But he was essentially the. I don't want to say the talent, because uh, because John and James are, are good too. But I mean, he was a big part of the reason people tuned in because he was the guy who was 
for years covering the Eagles every day. He has a large following, a large readership. He was the guy a lot of people wanted to hear from, and they lopped him off of the podcast as they brought it over to WIP. So they took, you know, maybe their main draw, um, and then t- and then left him behind and changed the name to something, you know, not great. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm, and I'm the way sure that it'll it be went successful, down- and it's got the whatever, and they're going to be on radio.com, which I do not think is is useful to any podcast because I, I think big corporate quote unquote podcast networks like that are, are useless. But I mean, they're still going to be successful. The guys do a good job on the show, but I'm just sort of dumbfounded why they couldn't figure out a way to get Brandon to come on once a week. Like it can't. To me, a, a company like Intercom buying out the podcast, whatever the actual particulars were, and leaving behind, you know, probably the main draw, the main, draw. Like main draw, seems very counterintuitive to me. Yeah, um, I'm just looking. So his uh, his initial tweet, Brandon Lee Gowden, like when it broke, was the BGN radio, as you know, is dead. I've been forced off the podcast I originally reached out to create back in 2013. It's a long story that I plan to address in a post on Bleeding Green at some point. Uh, for now, I feel incredibly betrayed, demoralized, and defeated. And then, like, 15 minutes after that is when Barchard sent out a tweet about how excited he was for the Go Birds pod and the people that were going to be involved in it. And then that was pretty much what led to every reply being like, wait, where's Brandon? Wait, what? Excuse me? Say that again? So, anyway. Well, I will say this. I, I, know, that I know for a uh, direct firsthand experience here for a fact that uh, Brandon has had other opportunities over the last year, uh, and part of the reason he he did not take them was because of his allegiance to the podcast, which just uh, cut him off. So that sucks for him, and I think that was uh, I don't know how it was handled. I don't know who was necessarily responsible, but it seems like a it looks bad, and it seems like not a great decision for the pod. That said, I mean the other guys do a good job. Jack Fritz, and the reason we're talking about this because we're on Jack Fritz, I actually think he's very good. Um, the stuff I've seen him. Uh, write and talk about the Eagles and Phillies. Dude really knows his stuff. Uh, I don't think anyone had heard of him um, two years ago, and now he's, uh, it looks like, worked his butt off at WIP. I don't really know him at all, but um, the stuff I've seen from him is very good. He clearly, um, you know, not only watches the games, but dives, you know, really understands the ins and outs of of the teams he's uh, covering and talking about. So I actually think Jack Fritz is good and worth a follow at Jack Fritz, WIP, all one word. Cool. Man, we're never going to get to the end of this. No, I don't even, I don't even think that we should. I don't know why we're doing it like this. It's, uh, Chris, it's the only Chris way Long, we, like, okay, so Chris, we should, let's we go, go let's, faster, let's, yeah. let's, let's fly, Chris Long, fly through this. Chris right. Long, if you're not following him, he's at Joel91. Uh, he's, he's fantastic. Dario well, Sarich. No, we, we don't need to, you don't need to, you wanted to speed it up and you just read Chris Long's handle. Well, that took no time at all. We didn't all go right. down a rabbit hole. Dario Sarge at Dario Sarge. I love his, uh, his language. It's fantastic. Um, ba, 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 ba. Following Dar- I don't need to, oh, okay. So here, here's yeah, one I want to talk you're about. Following, you're following right. Dario. Justin Sink. This, this one will fly under the radar. Uh, White House correspondent for Bloomberg at Justin Sink, all one word, but... He very he occasionally tweets about Philly sports, but he's from Philly. Big Sixers fan. The guy, if you remember from earlier, crossing broad posts, who wears, who at least wore the Sixers lan- lanyard in White House press conferences. Uh, I believe during both Obama and Trump administrations. So um, follow Justin Sink. He's uh, one of us uh, asking, speaking truth to power. 
as they say, uh, at Justin Sink. Uh, next wow. up, President Trump. Ever heard of him? Um, You're following his his uh, president account. Are you following at real Donald Trump? Because I see at POTUS yeah, where you he's know, clapping. Actually, he's got the American flag in the background. <clears throat> I actually don't think I am. Wow. You know, not even out of principle. You're not now. even following the, the more interesting of the two. Russ, here's the thing. Anytime he tweets something, it just shows up in my timeline. Like, I, there's no need to follow him at this point. There's none. All right, that's fair. Um, I mean, really, he, he can't tweet anything. It, it shows up in timeline. Uh, let me let me go down here. <coughs> Delco Delphia, good follow. Good follow. Uh, Eric Quinn and Mike Lauren and Chucky Feenster. Um, these guys blog about Philly sports from a Delco bend. Um, so if you got your uh, tank tops and tank top and jorts and want to follow them, I can make these jokes because I'm from Delco. Um, they have 5,378 followers best known. They do a lot of video work. Um, they do the Philly sports power hour. They actually just came out with a new one. I forgot to post it. They sent it to me. Um, but they do a lot of good video stuff, a lot of highlight stuff, a lot of pump up videos. Absolutely. Definitely worth a file follow. They put a lot of time into that stuff. Um, and it's different, unique at Delco Delphia, all one word. Um, let's keep moving on here. Seamus underscore Clancy, uh, Sixers tweeter. Russ, you're the Sixers guy. Recommendations on follows? Seamus is fine. Yeah. Seamus tweets some funny stuff. He's a Sixers tweeter. Um, the, st- the Step Over Pod with... Uh, with Jim Adair and uh, Max Rappaport. Do you have uh, any any feelings or thoughts there, Kyle? Yeah. I don't know if you've worked over- with either of those guys before. I, well, I've worked with Seamus. Yeah, no, look, I, I think uh, their pod's good. Their pod's good. They started it, started it while he was uh, here, um, and it was actually you know part of our. Actually, it was like that uh, an earlier version of this podcast, BGN Radio, um, and I think even the Tony Bruno show. Briefly, we were trying to you know kind of band together to do ad deals. So yeah, this at the step over. Pod. I'm still looking at you, Philly uh, Parking Authority or uh, Racket, and and we're going to take you to task. And uh, after this break, Miss Robin is going to tell me about. Uh, the best cheesesteak in Philadelphia, not in Philadelphia. Uh, at the Step Over Pod, uh, their last tweet or their last image is a tweet of a Zaire uh, t- uh, sweatshirt they came out with uh, seven days ago, which is not great timing. Should uh, should have taken Mikkel. Uh, anyway, a great logo. I think they briefly changed their logo. I remember when I think Jim did this logo or Max or whatever. But whenever they started i was like okay your logo is fucking awesome uh and then i guess they changed it for like a day and it was like when action news changed their uh their music and people called in like 20 years ago like no what the f are you doing um the step over has I like how you just censored after that time that was great go ahead <laughs> the, the step, i didn't want to curse twice in a minute uh the step over has an excellent excellent logo um zach Lowe. if you actually care about the nba at at zach Lowe underscore nba Zach Lowe is a, a must-follow. His podcast is fantastic. The Low Post um, just presi- prevent, presents basketball in a, a slightly different way. Has good guests on. I like him a lot. And uh, Alex Kennedy, at Alex Kennedy NBA, also very good. Writes for Hoops Hype. I like these people. They're good. At what point do we do a cutoff, Kyle? Because we're like 40-something minutes into this, and I feel like at some point the people are going to tune out. We're at 46. Do you want to go that much longer? Um, this could be a whole compendium. Yeah, I mean, this is nothing. Oh Russ, we haven't even scratched the sur- I mean, we're going in reverse order here. We're just touching on, like, the outer ring ben of Simmons. planets. 
Ben Simmons just we just got to Ben Simmons. You know, I think this would have been simpler if we had started with my Twitter followers because or uh, my Twitter followers. No, I, think I, I only following. Follow, you're a token. I follow like two hundred people. Exactly. No, I follow, no, you're I follow not like following 200 people. the ins and outs. Sure, I am. I no, I fo- I keep it. You're following simple. Les Bowen and think you're on a deep cut. I don't think I no. I don't follow Les Bowen. Look, I I have like two hundred people. You follow John Kasich. Let's talk about this. Hold on a second. I, I'm going to skip over some other people that might be good. Let's talk about John Kasich for a second. Why do you follow John Kasich? Did you support him in the uh, in the primary? I, uh, yeah, let's absolutely. talk about it. He was he. If I was going to, yes, he would have been. I absolutely would have voted for John Kasich. Uh, I voted for John Kasich. I asked how to write him in. Okay, I I, I did. I like John Kasich a lot. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I thought he was the most. Uh, reasonable and sensible of all the knuckleheads that ran for the Republicans last time. I would have voted for him I would say over Hillary a, in a heartbeat. I think he was the most uh, reasonable and most logical of anybody who ran point blank end of story. And he's and he's a moderate, and I'm I am I am pretty much a moderate. I probably God fall forbid a we right ever vote issues. for a moderate in this country, the world would explode. You and I, I are like both the uh, right I like, center. I like the idea. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but like as the uh, 2016 campaign was kind of um, winding down. Kasich and I forget who the other governor was. I think he was from Indiana or Illinois. Um, was a Democrat, and they were talking about potentially doing a dual governor bid, uh, bipartisan, a Republican and a uh, a Democrat on the ticket together. And I was like, that would be awesome. Like that's totally fine. That's what the country could probably use. Like stop. Ugh, I hate the team mentality. You know, th- this is a, a a little side rant, real quick. So back when I was uh, doing student teaching, um, the woman that I student taught with for, for German, she was a fantastic lady. And we would talk about the, the German par- parliamentary system versus the U.S. system. Russ, and she you're said going the one so thing, far off no, the no, just listen. Right now. It's not Follow going. me on this for a second. She, she said the one thing that has never made sense to her in American politics is the, the feeling of, of needing a team mentality where you blindly follow who your party is because you feel the need to just get a win in some way. And people don't necessarily vote for the best candidate because they go in and they hit straight party or they they just flat out, uh, without knowing anything about where the person stands on anything, they just cast a vote because of their party affiliation. Whereas, like, in a parliamentary system, like, you've got so many different parties that are represented, so many different um, uh, topics and things that you would think to vote on that are represented specifically by different parties that, like, you tend to take more time in kind of figuring out who you're going to vote for for each position. And you might not vote for everybody in one given party you might spread that around to five or six parties but then in some way those parties represented in parliament you don't get that in the u.s and i think it's a shame that's why we have such a divided nation the end continue i was part on sunday night of a political poll i've always wanted to be part of a wait really poll oh yeah i got a, i got the call probably around eight fifteen sunday evening uh some company out of texas i thought it was spam at first and then should i want to ask you some political questions do you approve or disprove uh strongly or, or very strongly about the job donald trump is doing and we went from there it was like an 18 minute phone call wow. uh, a lot on the pennsylvania congressional candidates which to your point i knew nothing about mm-hmm. um but I was I'm I'm part of the data. I am part I am part of the American consensus. I, I don't know where that data is being used, but I like to think I like to think I'm the I'm, Russians. I'm representing. <laughs> she, Hello, her name was my Anya. name. My name is Michael Smith. I would like to ask you some questions about your system. Очень приятно. Fair enough. If they end the call with if they end the call with Das you know you're screwed. This did not go well for you. 
I was, but it was interesting because some of the questions were made up, and I think it was a Republican. I I wanted because it was so I forget the Republican and Democratic congressional candidates in Pennsylvania, but I want to say it was a Republican um, backed polling group because they were asking me a lot of questions questions about the Democratic candidate, and they said, "What if we were to tell you that this this was like a, a hypothetical question? What if we were to tell you that so and so the Democratic candidate, uh, which I should probably know." Um, it was involved in a whatever believes that um, water was being whatever by the government to uh, poison people systemically. It, it wasn't quite that extreme, but it was pretty close. Like basically what if this democratic <laughs> candidate believes in these wild ass conspiracy theories? No, seriously. Okay. And I said to her, I, you know, after a second I stopped her, I said, just so we're clear, these hypotheticals you're giving me, she said, would you still vote for this candidate? That was it. Because I said initially, they said, would you vote for the Republican or Democratic candidate? And I said, I generally lean right, but I think what is going on in you know, Washington with the president and I think Congress is so inept and falling in line with the president that I most likely vote for just about any Democrat at this point to balance things out because it's a disaster. And she said, okay. And then she went down all these things for the Democratic candidate. What if I told you yada, 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 and they, and they believe, what if I told you they believe in this crazy conspiracy theory, would you still vote for him? Those are the kind of questions they asked. And finally, I stopped her and I was like, just so we're clear, these are like, you're giving me hypotheticals here. You were like, talking these- to Alan, to uh, Alex Jones, who was <laughs> no, speaking in falsetto. No, 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 no. No, that's not, it was, what if I told you? What if I told you about pizza? No, they said, what if I told you that the Democratic candidate, um, you know, voted, um, for abortion, I, I don't know, right? Against abortion, would you still vote for them? You know, something like counter to yeah. what you might think. Okay. You know, so okay, you know, so I'm I'm weighing these questions, and most of them were reasonable. But then a couple were like, "What if I told you they backed this crazy, you know, conspiracy theory group or whatever?" And I'm like, "Well, okay, I'm less likely to vote for them." But then I was like, "You know, I I think they were." Hyped. She's like, "Honestly, I don't know. I just have a script and I'm reading it." I you know, she kind of laughed. She's like. <laughs> I don't know what the if if how many of these are true or hypotheticals. I'm just here to ask you the question. So it was very interesting, and I'm glad so, to be part of the American electorate. This is one thing that I I want to put out to anybody on Twitter who is still listening to the podcast at this point. Um, so right around when the Republican uh, primary was going on, they were doing these giveaways um, where if you donate say two dollars or whatever to like Marco Rubio's campaign or to John Kasich's campaign, you could enter to win. Um, seats to go to one of the debates so of course i did because i was like oh, well that's fun like fine like i thought rubio was fine i thought Kasich was fine so i was like all right well i'll put three dollars here or five dollars here rubio was fine look i thought i thought it was important for the republican party to have a hispanic guy on the uh on the ballot and they were too stupid to do it so so uh, wait a minute come, wait a that minute. comes back to a, a fundamental now we're gonna go off what? the rails now you hold on a second whole time hold on you spent this entire time lecturing people about you know understanding candidates voting for the issues and you voted on because yeah i thought it'd be good to have a hispanic guy in there no because if it, if it were just as blanket simple as me saying i want a hispanic candidate then ted cruz technically would have worked but god bless the fine state of iowa i couldn't do it so no i i thought rubio would have been fine as a vice presidential candidate i thought he was uh, a bit young and uh chris christie short-circuited him in that one debate but anyway listen so i i i I donated like $2 or $3 to each of those campaigns in the hopes that I would get to go to a debate. And somehow I ended up on like the GOP listserv uh, email thing, but that wasn't the most troubling thing. I started getting these letters once somehow, Trump, that's uh, the whole point one, listen, those no, 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 because I checked off that I didn't want to receive anything. Oh, and yeah, then yeah, here's where little, things little got little really weird, Kyle. 
I started getting these like letters from the Trump campaign and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Like I get it. That's going to go to anybody. But here's the weird thing. I never donated money to the Trump campaign, but I got this thing in the mail. I swear I might, I might bring it to the stake off. It is a silver card that looks like a credit card and it says Trump for president or Trump for America. And it's, it's called like the Trump card. It's supposed to be this thing that you, you are a founding member of the Donald Trump, uh, uh, campaign and it has a number on it. It legitimately looks like a credit card. And I have no freaking idea why I got it. I am still perplexed. And I thought about, I was like, well, Russ. I didn't, I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't vote for him. So like, do I throw it out? And then I'm like, wait, this could be worth a lot of money someday. So I'm hanging on to it. I doubt but I'm, it. I want to take it to a bar. Sent out to 2 million people. I want to take it to a bar and I want to say uh, it's on Trump. And just see if it works. I think Are it would. You're one of those people who gets one of those credit card offers in the mail. And you're like, oh, I can't believe they thought of me. Thank you. Like, are you? Are you? you can't no, be that I'm dense, the, right? You signed up for a Republican list, and you're surprised that you got. Did you? You got Kyle, material did you from get, Donald did Trump? Did you get the Trump card? No, I didn't donate to any Republican campaign. Like you did. Well, that's see, you're you a, donated uh, you're a to a Republican you're a so- campaign. You're, you're a socialist, <laughs> and you're and you're dumbfounded why you got something from the Republican. Why did I get the Trump candidate? card? Yeah, but I didn't vote for him. Russ. I didn't vote for I I didn't put Russ. any money to his campaign. I should have gotten a John Kasich mug. Russ. I wanted a John Kasich mug. You, you think I have a John all this Kasich stuff postcard. doesn't get shared? Every Republican candidate. I'm sure it does. Unless you're, you're Bernie in. Sanders and Debbie Wasserman Schultz is running the Democratic Party, then you don't get any of the data. Ooh, okay. burn. All right. Jeff, By the way, Jeff just said a fist pump somewhere. I think we should. Uh, I think our, our group from Crossing Broad, if there's nothing else in our Slack chats, devolve into political, heated political debates. Uh, we should all get together and watch a few primary debates in, a, in about a year or so uh, and oh, get drunk. Great. That would, we would kill each other. Um, anyway, here's it. So back to the Twitter list. I'm just going to uh, read to you a couple numbers, okay? Okay. All right. 999,100. Do you know how many? That's a follower count. Do you know who that is? I'll just tell you, it's Carson Wentz, almost a million wow. followers. Okay, well, he doesn't even have a million followers. He's the man led this team to a Super Bowl, sort of. Not the point. He's, and he doesn't have he doesn't have a million followers. Get out of here! How many does Nick one. Foles have? No, nope. uh, hold I'm on. Pull him up. Hold on. One hundred eleven thousand one hundred forty-six. Do you know who that is? Nick Foles. Nope. That is Chase Daniel. Has over a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, hold on. Uh, there's a point to this. I'm going to read you some other numbers. Okay. So just keep in mind: a million Carson Wentz, a hundred thousand Chase Daniel, because he's at least ten times better. Makes sense. I'm going to read you three other sets of numbers: twelve thousand five hundred sixty-nine, twenty-eight thousand eight hundred forty-eight, twelve thousand one hundred fifty-two, forty-three thousand five hundred four. Okay. Do you know who the follower counts of those people are? Well, I need a little bit of, of okay. specificity here. I'll, I'll just tell you. That is no, in order. I, I would, no, like, I would like to guess. It's not worth it. Odubel Herrera, 12,000. Aaron Nola, 28,000. Macal yeah. Franco, 12,000. Cole Hamels, World Series MVP winning pitcher, longtime all-star. I mean, you know, 43,000 followers. For the record, I have like 36, right? Look at you want to, We've talked a lot about the difference between football and baseball on here. This is a absolutely terrific example. Chase Daniel, Chase fucking Daniel, a a borderline useless career backup quarterback has one hundred eleven thousand followers, and you have all star caliber major league baseball players playing in a big market. A st- starting players, one of the best pitchers in baseball in Aaron Nola, 28,000 followers. Cole Hamels, who's been doing this for a decade at a high level, 43,000 followers. That 
right there is your difference between football and baseball. How well, and it's let's let, how fans yeah. feel about players and all that. That is embarrassing. Well, you let's know, keep Google going. Herrera so Ben twelve thousand followers. Ben a Simmons football player of the year get his twelve thousand followers by sneezing. A well, I, and I was going to take it next level. NBA. So Ben Simmons has seven hundred seven thousand followers. Yep. Joel Embiid, who kind of transcends sport on uh, social media, has one point five two million followers. Um, I, I was going to look. How many did Nola have? Twenty-eight thousand. Okay, that's that's incredible. Dario Saric, who is I love Dario Saric. Okay, I I really do. I genuinely like the like love the guy. I think he's fantastic. But Dario Saric is like fourth fiddle on the team in any given lineup. Of Markel Fultz is good. He's got twenty-six thousand. Like, Nola is not only a Cy Young candidate, he could potentially be an NL MVP candidate. And he's got 2,000 followers more than Dario Sarge. Here you go. Now, now let's see what Nola also has 400 tweets. Now, he hasn't tweeted in a little while, and they're mostly pretty generic. And honestly... JJ Redick has 304,000. I'm going to keep... And honestly, I don't want to blame all of MLB's popularity problem and nola does not tweet a lot he hasn't in, covington I'll, I'll, has almost seventy thousand. sorry right, i'm done let me finish he was um i scrolled like halfway down and he's at seven seven hundred three days ago here's my point major league baseball we we want to knock baseball a lot of times for you know their problems to be fair baseball players tend to not have great personalities <laughs> like you know have you ever heard a baseball player talk i'm sure bob's going to come at me for this you know their interviews are generally speaking the least interesting this is why bryce harper stands out because he actually has a personality aaron nola you know at least as when it comes to social media not much for personality oduble herrera however has a personality but he doesn't he's not that active on social media uh and well mike schmidt would also probably question if he speaks english well to to be fair none of his tweets are in english so that might have something you know something to do with it but um you know, my point is we blame baseball a lot. You know, talk about Mike Trout. There's that there was that ESPN piece that I do want to watch about how Trout, you know, wants to just kind of remain private, which by the way is like totally commendable. He seems like a great guy. But in the case of that, you have one of the best players of all time who is really not that interesting. And you have a lot of guy, you know, take someone here like Nola and compare them to Dario, where Dario's this kind of quirky, funny dude, and Nola is just there in terms of you know his, his outward personality yeah so it's and it's not always the fault of the sport i think baseball players you know generally speaking tend to not be that that interesting so let's play let's do this game then to speed things along we'll, we will only touch on people who have more followers than aaron nola if you can't have more followers than aaron nola cy young candidate nl pitcher uh you're not worth discussing so so that's going to be our barometer going forward here because Russ wow. is so into this. Just, and, and it's also going to point out how many people have more followers than one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. Jessica Camarado, 35,000 followers. <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. I'm uh, still wondering what she exactly did. She's no longer with us, right? I no. <laughs> she's no longer here in Philly. Rest in peace. No, she has moved she lived, on. She lived a good Philadelphia sports life. All right, so by the way, we also didn't talk about Molly Sullivan uh, landing back on her feet. By the way, we'll get there uh, with with we'll the, get uh, there. With the Eagles. This is the, okay. We'll wow, get there. Sorry, Mayor Jim Kenny, yeah. more followers than Aaron Nola. I, I'm, um, how, I'm wait, hold on. How many followers does like he have? Twenty nine thousand. He has twenty nine thousand. Do you think he probably lost somewhere around like half a million followers or dollars or whatever? Just a thing that what, he does. They were fake. 
Oh, no, I was, well, I was, I was going to say because, you know, they, they lost all that money. They just don't know where the money went. Thanks, Philly. It's great. Tax dollars. Gone. Poof. By the way, I'm, I am, I don't know. I know it's, it's not necessarily working out. I'm all for the theory of a, of a soda tax though. I know that's probably a controversial opinion. If you Let's want, go there. if you want that's another day, if you want me, if you want me to pay more for, for my health insurance, which, you know, to, to cover people who, who struggle to get coverage, right? I'm fine with that in, in principle. I'm, I'm totally fine. You know, to me, that is a version of paying taxes. If, if healthy people have to pay more, so if God forbid, you know, we're not healthy or whatever, you know, I want to be in that same boat where I'm guaranteed coverage. I totally get that. But if you're on a drink, 64 ounce sodas every day and put things, you know, sugar laden uh, foods and juices into your body all day, every day that are bad for you and have been proven to cause diabetes, then yeah, you should have to pay a tax on that because someone else is footing your healthcare bill. Jeff's going to have thoughts on this. I know it, but I'm actually for the the concept of a soda tax. Although I, from the little I've read, it sounds like it wasn't implemented that well. You know how you reduce the impact of a soda tax? Don't drink soda. Like I, I, I so rarely drink soda anymore i feel kind of gross you get that like kind of gross mouth feel if if you pretty if you like primarily drink water and then you decide to like indulge in a in like a coke as you go through a drive-thru like you get halfway done and you're just like why am i doing this well i, I think part of the problem is i uh, with the way it was implemented in philly it touched it touches a lot of other they call it a soda tax but it touches a lot of other you know like high sugar products i i don't have all the specifics here and that's why i'm just saying in theory i'm for the concept of this, even though people don't like it. If if you are going to be guaranteed coverage and other people may have to pay more, if you have diabetes and other people have to pay more to sub you know, to subsidize you, fine. But if you're doing something actively like putting horribly proven, horribly disgusting things into your body that are causing that, then I'm all for you having to pay a tax. But I know I don't think in Philly was implemented right. Jake Arietta, 466,000 followers. So there is somebody, by the way, with a personality, with a brand, hashtag strong beard. And, uh, you know, he's actually got a reasonable follower account. Jason Martinez has as many followers as uh, Aaron Nola. There you go. Max Rappaport has 54,000 followers. Man, that, yeah, wow, I am dumbfounded by that max is a good tweeter don't get me wrong but little yeah, little liberal the, uh, for my liking little liberal little far he's joel and beats ghost liking. account but yeah yeah i want yeah i yeah we've posited that on the website before right that that max it was ghost tweeting for joel and over time i believe that to be untrue because Embiid's instagram is is you know is off the chain it's his twitter so i actually don't think that's true but uh, for hmm. time i would say i believe that man hmm. It's going to be tough to find people with more followers than Aaron Nola's whopping 28,000. Is it, though? Let's keep going here. Um, pretty in, in the same neighborhood, Ben Falk, who used to work for the Sixers as uh, the vice president of basketball strategy. I like him. He's the guy who uh, founded the site Cleaning the Glass, which I use for uh, any, any stuff that I write for the site uh, for basketball. It's a really good um, analytics site. I enjoy it. It gives you the percentiles compared to... Um, players of a similar position and all that. So I, I like his site. He's good. He's a must follow. Nelson Aguilar, 86,000 followers. He has more. Uh, Tim Tebow has 4.8 million followers. Good Christ. Good for him. Good, good Christ. For, by the way, so the bachelorette ended and all I, I like all my it. wife would I say, it. did you? 
I did. Uh, we watched the, the finale. Uh, so that good. guy was a puss. So good. The guy who lost was a puss. Uh, Blake? You didn't like Blake? He was a puss. So, my wife decided to give these guys uh, names based on sports personalities. So, she thinks that Blake, who lost, looked like Johnny Manziel and thinks that Garrett, yes, who I won, looked, looked like Tim Tebow. Yes, I agree. So, she... So, uh, there's that. Uh, I liked I liked Garrett. I thought he was good. He was funny. And Blake, I think, was a uh, little bit of a wimp. So there's that. Trying to find here's the weird here's the weirder thing though, really quick. So Blake was like head over heels, right? Like he he cried and bawled and everything. And like I don't blame him. Like he he was in love, whatever. Do you know how long they filmed that show? Like from start to finish, from the Six moment weeks. they get out of the limo. Six weeks. It's a little bit longer. It's ten weeks. Okay. okay? You think about this. Over the course of 10 weeks, if you get to the finale, you have gone on multiple group dates, maybe one or two solo dates, and then, like, you're in love. That, to me, just seems highly unlikely. 10 weeks. And then you're going to propose at the end of it. You know what I mean? Here's the issue. Maybe maybe it's just me. Because it's not like you're in constant communication either. Like, they don't text with the person. They don't, like, exchange emails. They don't call them. I don't think. So then it's, it, to me, it's just a little bit weird. It's like you, you go on a few dates and you're like ready to propose to the person in 10 weeks. Because I don't know. every date is judge. a fairy, you know, every date is jumping off boats with dolphin. You know, I mean, every date is a fairy tale. Oh my God, this is, you know, it's, basically if you're on that show, I mean, unless the person has horns coming out of their head, it is very difficult not to have a good time with somebody on that show. You know, we're going to go ziplining into a pool of magical dolphins. Like no one's walking away from that, but wow, I hate that other person. Like, they create these these improbable scenarios. And I know some of these people have gone on to be married. I'm not saying it, it can't happen. I mean, certainly when anybody goes on their first few dates, there are things that you typically don't do in the course of, uh, you know, uh, not to, you know, go into dinner and stuff, but, like, you know, you, you set up situations where to succeed, right? Anybody, first date, you set up a, a, an event where, you know, hopefully things will go well. But they put these people in these crazy events, what I'm surprised is there's a reasonable amount of time that elapses between the end of the show and when it airs. And this guy was still like ready, like, you know, beating her up with, you know, why, you know, why this, why that? Like, dude, haven't in the two months since you've been back, hasn't like it hit you in the head that, you know, I went on six dates with this person. I wasn't as in love as I thought I was. And I'm watching her, you know, underneath this other guy on TV the last three weeks. Maybe I should just move on and get over for this. By the way, I will say she dropped, you know, she dropped a version of it's not you, it's me, what's better for me. And then she basically told him that he was so much of a head case he couldn't ha- handle any difficulties life threw at him, which was like probably the harshest thing I've ever heard somebody say on one of those shows. When she did was, she say that to him? Well, she was In like, the, what? Well, he's like, yeah, why didn't you move on? And, and she was like, well... You know, um, you know, I just thought you were really like emotional about things with me and, and kind of, you know, um, kind of wrapped in your own head. And I was just worried that like, you know, if are you talking about when they were on the couch? Yeah. And difficulties came oh, up yeah, in yeah. life, you know, how you'd be able to handle that. I was like, ouch, <laughs> like she went yeah, like rough. deep psychosomatic on him. That wasn't she started out with a version of it's not you. It's me. I want to do it was better for me. And then, oh, yeah, no, here's the real reason. I think you're fucking nuts and can't and wouldn't be able to deal uh, reasonably with a toothache. <laughs> Which, by the way, yep. I can't eat. I'm a mess when I get a toothache. Uh, Brandon Lee Gellin, 36,000 uh, Twitter followers. Uh, I'm going to limit you to five more right, before five we go. More. Here's one. Got must follow one of my favorite people in Philly sports, mostly because of his name, also because I really like billionaires. John Powers Middleton, uh, the son of 
uh, Philly's owner, John Middleton, just now clicking into his, he's got 44,000 followers. He's a Hollywood producer. He's, he's backed the Lego movie, Manchester by the Sea. He's good friends with uh, Casey Affleck, which I, right? I think he's buddies with Casey Affleck. I believe, uh, and I, I don't know if that's the person you want who to be acted with. and and was the lead in Manchester by the Sea. That would make sense. Yeah, but I, I actually think that they're friendly. I feel like I've I've seen or read that. I know Casey Affleck is apparently like a Me Too guy, but whatever. Uh, the Disaster Artist and Bates Motel. Like he, he was like part of it. Like he never mind. Continue. Yeah, I don't know. I Google Casey Affleck. I think he's a creep. Uh, I think. Oh, okay. Um, hashtag qualifier. I think. But uh, one of John Middle. John Powers Middleton's uh, first four photos is a picture of him standing in front of the Phillies branded private jet. That is an instant follow 11 times out of 10 when you're standing in front of John Middleton's uh, Phillies jet. You go back four pictures later. It's a, oh my God, I need this. It is a family Middleton Christmas photo with John Middleton. Oh my God, this is a post with John Middleton wearing basically a Dr. Zeus hat on his head. Uh, The wife wearing... Uh, reindeer antlers and Powers Middleton wearing a top hat with reindeer antlers. I need to be on the Middleton family Christmas card list. Holy shit. Must follow here. Um, son of Philly's uh, owner, uh, John Powers Middleton at John Middleton, all one word on Twitter. Philadelphia Phillies partner. So I guess he's somehow, um, you know, also in the family business. Um, like him a lot. Uh, so there's there's a follow that uh, he had a picture of him with Seth Rogen. He has pictures with Leo. I mean, this is a must follow right here. Billionaire who owns your team taking pictures with Leo. Uh, oh my gosh! Seriously, seriously, must follow. If there's one you take away so far, uh, I'd go with that. Uh, let's see what else. I got four more. Two more. No, four more. You said I, five. I gotta go. No, Dude, I gotta go. Four more. Four more. I will. No. I'll get to it quickly. You could even sign off. I'll keep talking about it. Uh, don't follow this Ricky Ledet account. Everyone likes to retweet it. I don't think it's really Ricky Ledet. I think it's fake a fake account. But everyone, I don't know. It might actually be Ricky Ledet. You've heard about this account, right? Yes. For the sake of you getting on to your last three, yes, I've heard of Ricky Ledet. Good. Look at you telling me to move along. <clears throat> Charlie Manuel only has twenty five followers. All you gotta followers keep is that. strong. Move along. Move along. Like I know you do. So I got to recommend somebody over 28, right? That's the, is that the rule here? Do what you feel. Live your life. Well, I'm, I, I know life has made the break rules, but I, I want to stick by our, by our thing here. Are you scrolling along with me? No. You're not. See, I, I got to, you're putting the pressure on here, man. Oh, Jesus. There's Roy Halliday's Twitter. Ugh. Ugh. God, that, God, that sucks. Um, did you hear Brandy's speech, by the way? this week yes i really have to go do you so really if, if you, yes i do i do i have to i have to go get ready for this thing um are we you got to help me along here we got to get we got to get four more i'll go quick i just got to find them i can't find anybody i want to recommend right now this is bad pod we've it's, we've it's now officially bad, hit what's well, the end of we've, pod we've hit bad pod john clayton is a really good follow i enjoy john clayton for the nfl i think he's fantastic thank you for that um, he he's somebody 1. he's million followers he's somebody who's uh worth following ian rapaport i would say the same way for the nfl very good of course adam schefter there we go i got three done um i like bill simmons philly people I, russ you're, you're recommending like the most popular you know they all they all sometimes tweet how about this one on the planet mike clay mike clay at mike clay nfl he's a guy who does fantasy stuff for espn and he he comes from Pottsville, Pennsylvania. So there you go. Pottsville's pretty much Philly if you uh, close your eyes and point at a map of Pennsylvania. So there's that. Um, I like 
Uh, How about Kyle Brandt? We didn't talk about Kyle Brandt. You like Kyle Brandt. Talk about Kyle Brandt. He's... Kyle Brandt has about 88,000 Twitter followers. He's one of your very favorite Twitter follows. He's a guy who does great content for Good Morning Football and all that. Yeah, no, well, yeah, but you, you can't leave it at that. You, you can't just say great content. Uh, he has in, been in the Eagles camp since day one last year, came out as Brian Dawkins, the Hall of Fame thing on their show. Uh, huge Eagles supporter. Uh, not from here. I, as far as I could tell, has no actual ties to here, but of all the people carrying... The few people carrying Eagles water. Uh, here too, Adam and Craig Malamot, the guys who do the uh, Bleacher Report, uh, Game of Zones, both Philly guys, um, known for creating whatever. Uh, Russ is compelling me to go, so I think I'm going to have to move along here because Russ starts a pod and then can't finish it. <laughs> at least I'm here at the start. You know, that's always that's always the key. I'm like sitting at my computer for 20 minutes in the morning, going, "I wonder if Kyle's going to show up." That was my Monday. All right. Wednesday, I, I did sleep in. I was like, all right, I, all right. I'm pretty sure that you're working on gambling stuff. Uh, pretty much. All right, you start uh, wrapping it up. Okay, so don't forget to go check out the other shows on the Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up, a Phillies podcast with uh, Bob and Anthony, who you should follow on Twitter at BW Crossing Broad and at Ant San Philly, presenting the, uh, the best Phillies talk in an hour that you'll find anywhere, absolutely anywhere. Uh, don't forget to go check out as well uh, Snow the Goalie. We'll have an episode coming up this weekend. Uh, with me and Anthony. Last week's episode uh, went over pretty well. Uh, it was funny to see some people react saying, uh, and I've never been on this side of the thing before, but some people saying that they questioned the uh, the source of the uh, report that James Van Riemsdyk was plan B and that Paul Stasny was actually plan A for the Flyers uh, this past offseason. I wouldn't question was funny. the source. No, I wouldn't either. And so that's that's I've never been on this side of it before where I've actually known who the source was. And all I can say to people is no, that was that was like 100% real. And uh the, yeah, there's uh it it would be one thing for it to be like somebody who like works in the ticket office and then there's like this person and no. Um so that'll be going out this weekend as I believe will an episode of uh Crossing Broad FC will be doing an EPL uh, preview and breakdown. So if you're trying to look into, and this is maybe helpful if you're getting into the uh, sports gambling side of things, um, we're going to probably be doing a breakdown for each of the um, international leagues, including uh, the EPL, Serie A, Bundesliga, Liga, and all that, uh, and La Liga. So that'll probably help those uh, degenerate gamblers out there. Uh, and it's always soccer in Philadelphia. The uh, Philadelphia Union, this is probably the biggest sports news of the week, even though nobody likes to acknowledge it, Philadelphia Union advanced to their third uh, all-time U.S. Open Cup final. They'll be playing um, the Houston Dynamo for the. I, sometimes uh, the I can't third... tell if you're kidding if you say that. No, I'm like serious. Like this is actually oh. it's actually kind of big. Uh, it it depends. So a lot of people don't understand this about soccer. There's there's the league, uh, and typically in every domestic league, it just kind of finishes with whoever was in first place. MLS is different because they, as an American sport, um, also have the playoffs. But every um, every league also has a domestic cup where you open it up to all of the professional leagues in the country. Um, so NASL, USL, and MLS all have teams that are represented in this tournament. And now you're down to the top two teams left in that tournament. So um, if you win, you qualify for the uh, the Concacaf Champions League. I think it's Con- I think it's Concacaf. Um, you go on to this like Champions League. It's not quite. Uh, the same level, obviously, is like the UEFA Champions League, where you see like Barcelona versus Manchester United or whatever. But um, it is still a, a pretty big deal if they're able to pull it off. The it's game not, is on September twenty sixth. It's uh, September twenty sixth, and I think it's going to be at Houston. So uh, check out his always soccer in Philadelphia. Anyway, 
I guess that's it for us. We'll be back next week uh, with uh, more sports content and less Twitter follows. I still I think. can't follow, find any more people to recommend. I'm trying to go deep here. Don't for forget people. to follow uh, Kyle, of course, at Crossing Broad, who has more Twitter followers than uh, Aaron Nola. And uh, me, at Joy on Broad, who does not have as many Twitter followers as Aaron Nola. But it's, it's only a matter of time. I just need to uh, probably get a, a bunch of bot accounts to follow me. That'd be great. All right. See you next week.